um, some of your Monday nights. That preempts what I was about to say, which is that we're going to record this meeting. Um, if anyone has any issues with that, then let us know. But we're wanting to be able to make this available for anyone who can't make it tonight. Um, we aren't going to take too long. Basically, what we want to do today is Jamie's going to give a bit of an explanation of where our thinking is currently at as a leadership team and then we'll have a little bit of time for questions and then Abby's going to lead us in a short time of prayer and reflection so we'll be done quite soon just uh to frame this as everyone should know we're obviously in the middle of a process at the moment of working out um whether city life church should continue um if we do what that looks like if we don't what ending well would look like um, and as you'd expect, those of us on the leadership team, so that's me, Andy Brokehouse, Sam, Abby and Jamie, um, have been spending a lot of time meeting and thinking and trying to put structures in place and work out how we move towards a decision. And we just wanted to, uh, what is kind of a bit of a halfway point uh, in this process, we wanted to share a lot of that thinking with, um, with the church more generally and give people the chance to ask any questions that they might have. Um, so if you have any questions, please put them in the chat as Jamie's talking and then we'll gather them up at the end. Um, and Jamie, you're giving me a funny look. <laughs> cool. yeah, no, so I was giving Helen a funny look. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we'll, yeah, please just, just put them in the chat and we'll, we'll come to them at the end. And then, you know, if anything comes up during that section as well, then, um, then unmute and jump in. But we'll let, we'll let Jamie talk for a bit now. Over to you. Hello, everybody. It's, um, I'm just, sorry, I'm just trying to share my screen. Can you all see our normal welcome slide on a Sunday? Is that what we can see? Yeah. I had to learn today how to share some slides on Zoom without showing your notes or just seeing like <laughs> my whole desktop. And I'm currently just sharing a portion of my screen, which is possible. That's fun anyway, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, um, yes, it's a bit like 2020 this, isn't it? Us all just sat around on Zoom with each other. Simpler times in some ways. Um, it's really good to be here. Um, and we're really grateful for everyone's everyone spending their Monday nights with us. Um, yeah, that feels really, I'm really glad that you're all here. Shall we pray as we start? Jesus, thank you that you are here with us this evening. Thank you for the ways you have been with us as a community, the ways you are with us as a community and the ways that you will be with us as a community moving forward. And we pray um, that tonight and in this process moving forward, we might get a glimpse of your heart for this group of people and your heart for Luton and figure out what our part to play in that is. Amen. Okay. Um, as Rosie said, we have been... Um, Make sure I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, great. So um, for this, as a leadership team, we kind of formed at the start of September um, and have been having lots of conversations, knowing that uh, we were going to kind of go through this process off the back of the AGM and stuff we talked about in the back half of last term. Um, and some of that work was in the stuff that small groups are now doing and other things as well. Um, but one thing that as we've kind of talked about in recent weeks has become quite important is this this thing that we're on the screen now and i don't know where it come from came from andy said it in a meeting once i don't know if he took it from somewhere or whether he just came up with it in his head i think he took it from somewhere not as a slight on him but i'm fairly certain he presented it in a way as if he'd heard it from someone um maybe he can put in the chat or just heckle him with where he got that from but in terms of assessing um the future of a community of our community one thing that has felt really important to us is being able to say that we have the requisite responses to the four things on the screen there, which are vision or mission or 
a reason to exist, what we're here for. In recent weeks, we've talked about that as um, the invitation of Jesus to this particular group of people at this particular time. Um, we talked about leadership. Leadership in churches can look in all kinds of ways. When we say that a church needs leadership to continue, we don't mean it needs a leader necessarily. We don't even necessarily say that it needs a leadership team. It just needs some way of being led, of decisions being made, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it needs resource, which is two things really. It's the capacity to do what it wants to do in terms of time um, and the financial support, if any needed, to do that. Um, and it needs relational strength. It needs for those group of people to be able to operate with some kind of relational bond between them. And I think in various ways over the past few years that have brought us to the point that we're at now, we have struggled with those four in different ways and at different times. Um, so if we think a little bit about our current context and where we are now, um, I'm sure I'm sure all of you have listened to the AGM, either you were there or I think most people who weren't there have listened to it since. We obviously talked a bit about what it's like being church at the moment, about the things that make it hard. Um, some of those, as we talked about, are relational difficulties. Some of those are the fact that we are a different church in terms of um, what we look like, in terms of kids, in terms of our capacity to be able to make the thing happen than we were when we established doing things the way that we currently do them. And that means that we probably don't have the kind of time capacity to do the things that we have been doing. Um, and then as we talked about and have talked about since, I don't know if we could say with any kind of like connected, joined up certainty about what we're here for as a church. And at the AGM, we talked about those things and talked about how those, the lack of those things to some extent um, pose an existential threat to our future as a community. And that has led us into this process that we're in now. Um, I'm actually going to change the order that we're on this. As we've kind of explored that since, we've come, the question that we've talked about quite a lot about what, as I talked about earlier, is what is the invitation of Jesus to this particular group of people at this particular time? What What is he calling us to do? What might our vision be? What might our identity be? What might our mission be? And I think when we think about that in our context, I do feel a bit like if we as a community are able to articulate that and know what that is, then the other things follow on. That needs to be the thing that we discover first. And ultimately, if we can't articulate that or share that between us, then I don't think there is any point carrying on as a community. Just because we can necessarily name that, I don't think that necessarily means we carry on as a church either. It might be that that vision, that invitation from Jesus looks like something outside of a church, perhaps. I don't particularly know. But I do think that when we think about relational strength, when we think about resource, and when we think about leadership, those things can flow out of and look different depending on what that vision is. So the the primary like task of this discernment process, as it were, is to discover that identity and vision. When I think about resource at the moment, um, I think a bit about Sundays and what they look like and what the experience of those are for people. And I think maybe it's fair to call that mixed at times. I think we are blessed with loads of wonderful brilliant children in our community and I think that means sometimes feel Sundays feel a bit chaotic when the kids are in it feels like it's kind of about trying to create a space for them and then they leave and that requires a lot of resource from people to go and create a good space for them and then suddenly that main room can feel very empty and a lot of the work that goes in on Sundays as well as kids club is often about creating that space on a Sunday that I know that some of us will have had the experience of putting a lot of work into coming up with a talk and feeling like you're talking to a handful of people. And not that that isn't worthwhile, but perhaps might not be the best use of our capacity at times. Certainly, I, yeah, I don't want to presuppose anything on that, but I think Sundays can feel really difficult. And the emptying of that room and the experience of being overwhelmed by the kids 
I guess one way maybe we thought about it recently is that no nobody's winning. I don't think anybody's getting exactly what they want out of that. It, it feels like everything is slightly, I don't know, compromised is quite the right word. And maybe that's okay. That's part of being a community. But it means a lot of our effort and resources is thrown at this thing that everyone kind of leaves being like, that was exhausting, wasn't it? Um, just to touch on another resource in terms of money, there's no crisis about money at the moment, but we are currently operating at a loss. Um which is okay because of the reserves that we built up during COVID. But that is just something we wanted to make you aware of. You know, we've got rent for two buildings. We both pay rent on our offices at the Hatloft and Butte Mills, which we only use once a month. But so I, I, I guess one thing to say on that is, you know, our, our income has dropped, our level of giving has dropped. And for various reasons, and I guess what we'd encourage people is uh, please don't stop giving at this stage, maybe until we know the direction from January. But there's there's no particular crisis in terms of resource there at this stage. In terms of leadership, um, I'm really grateful for the leadership team that we have. Um, the five of us have been doing this since uh, September, and it's been a, a, a space that I think has really helped me you know I'm, I'm kind of been the leadership team for a few years now and um the space that the energy that those people have brought into that space has been really worthwhile but none of us on that team have made a long-term commitment to that team necessarily i think we certainly see ourselves as the team to guide us through this discernment period to begin that transition into whatever comes next but i think it's definitely safe to say that the leadership for whatever if something does come next, will look different to the leadership that there is now. So that is something else that we need to be aware of in terms of our capacity. Relationships, we've obviously talked about before. They There are strains on relationships within the church, but I think one thing I'm just super grateful for is people's willingness to show up on a Sunday. That, for me, when I think about Sundays recently, um, the biggest blessing is just being in the same room together and... I guess to some extent, some of those relationships need to be worked out in different ways. One thing we're aware of is the way that is done probably is dictated a little bit by what the future is for the church a little bit as well. I talked about vision. Just to touch on the Exeter thing, uh, we put it in the church email a few weeks ago, um, but the church that was planted from Luton to Exeter 10 years ago has recently decided to close. Um, and I've had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks um, with Rich Oster, who was on the team who went down there to plant it and um, stepped away from the leadership team down, down there uh, in the last couple of years, but was our chair of trustees here. And with Chris, who's been leading their leadership team down there. Um, and I would just say that there is um, there were parallels. I think this is something that is happening to churches post-COVID, post-whatever. Um I found the conversations I've had with them really, really interesting and just seeing what this has been like for other communities at this time. I don't think the fact that they've gone through this is like, well, that tells us what we should be doing. But I'm just interested that that is what is currently going on. But in terms of. No, I'll say that later. That's fine. Um, so that's kind of where we are. And so we're trying to look through when we think about these things that the church needs, we're trying to look through that. Um, we're looking through that current context through the prism of these things that um, we feel as a church we need to be able to continue. So one thing I want to do just quickly is uh, in the small groups, which I think most people on this call are a part of for this process, uh, we gave you a Google form to do at the start of your first session, which I know some groups did, some groups didn't. I think about 22 people filled that in. And it's really interesting. And I thought maybe tonight we'd just share a little bit of what we heard from that. Um, so this first slide um, is from the question, between one and 10, how hopeful do you feel about City Life Church at the moment? Um, and you can see that it's pretty bunched in the middle. Um, obviously, with numbers being this small, it kind of, you know, one or two bumps up a bit, but they're kind of around fives, sixes and a bit of threes. I'm not overly going to commentate on these other than to say this is where people are at in this process. This is what we bring to it. Um, we don't particularly intend on using these as a decision-making tool. 
but just as a kind of temperature gauge of where people are at. And so we wanted to share that a little bit. We then asked a question about what three words you'd use to describe your relationship with church at the moment or, or something like that. I can't remember, but uh, these are the words we got anyway. Um, bigger words, obviously, being words that uh, were used more often in the answers. Confused, anxious, sad, grateful, some smaller ones in there as well. Um, when we send out the recording of this, I'll send out the slides as well so you can look at that in more detail and try and peer into the screen to see the word lost. And now it's time. Drum roll, please. My favourite slide of the evening. This pie chart, which tells us absolutely nothing. I, it, it, so, it so tells us nothing. I didn't even bother to put a, a key on it, to be honest. Um, we asked the question, if you had to say at the start of this process what you thought the outcome should be, uh, what would you say? And I kind of then grouped those answers into three groups of don't know, find a way to end really well or find a way to continue whatever that looks like. And as you can see, we got a fairly even split between those three answers. So eight people said find a way to continue. Seven people said don't know. Seven people said find a way to end well. And that is what that pie chart tells you. So that's what we heard in that bit. We haven't kind of been doing loads of feedback with groups as they've been going on. That will form part of the process going forward. But the last thing I wanted to do tonight before kind of opening up to questions was just to let you know about our process moving forward. So the bit that is going on at the moment is we are listening to Jesus both through the small groups and our conversations there. The retreat in daily life, um, we've banged on about that a bit. I'll keep doing so. It was a really good week. And, excuse me, the uh, meeting we had on the Friday night, which was recorded, felt really significant as well, and a really good chance to hear what God had been saying to different people within the community. The recording has been in the email now. I'd really encourage you, if you haven't gone and watched that and listened back to that, to spend the time doing that, really worthwhile. We'll then, as you know, have community meetings. So this is the first one of those. The second one of those community meetings is four weeks tonight on the 12th of December. Um, and that will be, I think the plan for that meeting is that there'll be a chance for everyone to share. We'll send out a couple of questions in advance um, and invite people then to share their responses to those questions on the night and also give people the chance who aren't able to make that meeting to be able to have their responses read out of that as well but we'll we'll send more details to that nearer the time they will then i guess trying to gather all those things up so gathering what we've heard in the small groups the retreat in daily life these meetings um and there will be a and then at the start of january is when we've kind of earmarked as a kind of a reflection period and a decision period on that um i guess the one thing to say on that is i don't i don't know how to say this other than it's not going to be a vote like we're, we're not going to like send out a poll with like these are the options what should we do um but we as a leadership team will be going away and seeing what jesus has been saying to us and what we feel coming out of that should be the direction of this community moving forward uh we feel it's really important that we're doing this process together and that isn't something that necessarily happens in churches necessarily both with our friends in exeter um but also in other churches that i know that have closed recently as well kind of a small group of people have made those decisions and we felt it was really important for everyone to be involved in this process and that's why we've tried to create a big chunk of time for loads of people to be involved um but i think the thing that sits heavy with me is that i, I don't want to be on the leadership team that makes this decision really um i'd much rather trust other people to do it but it feels important that um that's that kind of is the next stage in the process and so that'll happen and there'll be communication around that at the start of the year um and then we've kind of earmarked next term as a kind of like implementation or transition period to whatever is next and that might be forming into something new reimagining what we do it might be that jesus says keep doing exactly what you're doing and that will be quite an easy transition period next term um, or next term might then be about ending well, perhaps. But that is the kind of roadmap from this point 
moving forwards. Um, and unless anyone else on the LT thinks I've missed anything, that's me just about done. I'll take your silence to me. No, I haven't. Rosie. Thanks, Jamie. Um, I'm just going to, there haven't been any questions in the chat. I'm just going to leave a minute for anyone to think about anything that is burning that they want to ask. If that's a question, that's great. Or if that's just a thought or a bit of feedback for us as a team, then that's also very welcome as well. So let's do that awkward, really horrendous Zoom silence for about the next 15 seconds. Um, can I, I've, I'm aware I've missed some of this. Sorry to pop in. It's just something that's occurred to me. Um, so sorry, Jamie, if you have said this. Um, I think something that's been helpful for me in this process is to recognise that I, like, this is about making a communal it's not making make, about making a communal decision because as Jamie outlined that you know the, the leadership team are essentially going to go away and, and digest and make a decision upon everything that's been put in over this time period but there is kind of two ways of looking at this it's like what do we do as a community and each individual will have thoughts and opinions and, and sort of reflections on that but also what do I want as well you know what individually do we want and I think it's just helpful to bear in mind that those two there's two ways of engaging with this is like what is my desire and how does that feed into the community and how you know how does the community go forward there's yeah it's kind of two ways of seeing it. i don't think i've communicated that very clearly but just to be clear that some of this process is actually how do i want to relate to this group of people at this particular time as, as well as what jesus has for for this group so yeah thanks sam um if no one else wanted to come in I think it's over to you, Abby. I was, can I just jump in, Rosie? I guess I was just reflecting in myself of like the challenge for me at this point <clears throat> is sort of doing this process alongside dealing with some personal hurt and relationship breakdown and things like that. And not much more wisdom on that other than to like recognize it and share it with us as a group i think thanks yeah um i think it is important to know that. um and i i think it's also fine to be open about the fact that we as a team have had conversations about how much do we try and hold that, do something about it. Um, and I think that's still quite up in the air at the moment. And we're very up for having conversations with people who wanna have conversations about that. Uh, we are speaking to external <clears throat> people who might have wisdom to share on this and that might frame our thinking in the next couple of months. But yeah, it's, it's important. It's obviously really important. And I, I think one of the things is, um trickiest about that as well is that isn't necessarily like a universal experience within the community either and so how we like I if if all things were well relationally I still think we would be asking the same questions now I think it's really important to say but we're also aware that the dimension you talk about Mark makes this really hard for some of us in a way that yeah, it just makes engaging with the whole thing really harder. So yes, thank you for sharing that, Mark. I think that's, it's also a little bit why the Exeter example has been very interesting for us because it's, it's kind of seeing the same situation without that aspect and seeing how that's played out. It's been interesting to have conversations about. Okay, so we thought it would be a really good opportunity uh, that we have everybody together in, in a space uh, to do a bit of prayer. And this evening, I'm going to lead us in some imaginative prayer. It's going to be uh, an imaginative story of visiting a garden. 
Now, you might have done something like this before, um, but if you haven't or you need reminding, um, it's a prayer that allows you to engage all of your senses. So your, your sight, your ears, your smell, your touch, um, and it allows you to engage your head and your heart and maybe even your body. Um, and I'm going to read a story. And as part of that story, there'll be questions for you to, to uh, imagine and to um, engage with. And if for you, you're the sort of person that finds doing this being still difficult, then feel free, because we're later on going to have the camera uh, videos off, feel free to do something maybe doing it while you're doing some yoga stretches or something like that or if you find it helpful to draw or to as I see Hazel doing knitting um that is really fine pray as you can not as you can't um and so feel free to engage with this in a way that is helpful to you um a little bit more about what the contemplation is so it's a visit to a garden and you might find as you're listening that it would be helpful based on the context of this meeting and our discernment process to imagine that their garden is representing City Life Church. Um, but don't force that to happen if that doesn't fit for you. Um, if perhaps the garden represents you and your life, your family, um, or perhaps something else, uh, feel free to go with your imagination. And we trust that God wants to meet us and to speak to us. And so whatever comes, try and go with it. Um, okay, so I'm going to start by just having a bit of stillness and then I'll lead us into the meditation itself. So if you'd like to turn your cameras off at this point and make sure that you're on mute as well, please. Shane, would you be able to put yourself on mute? Thanks. So maybe take a moment just to settle. You might want to get yourself into a different position if that's helpful. And we notice ourselves in the room that we are in. In the chair that we're sitting in. And the floor beneath our feet. We might be able to notice the sounds going on beyond the room. Within the room itself. and perhaps sounds in our own minds. And the sound of our breath. And as you notice your breath, perhaps allowing your out breath to last a little longer and your in-breath as it calms your nervous system. And notice how you're feeling this evening. And however you are, welcoming yourself. Whatever you're bringing with you. And in this space, letting God be with you or to look at you, or whatever God might represent for you at this time. 
How is God looking at you or being with you? And what is it that you want from this time of prayer? What is it that you desire? Share this with God now. Let's begin the meditation. So imagine that you are on a walk to visit a garden. And as you are walking, get a sense of where you are. Take in your surroundings. What time of day is it? And what is the weather like? Can you feel the temperature of the air on your skin? And as you look around you, are you in an urban setting? Or might you be in the countryside? And as you walk, you see the entrance to the garden is up ahead. Notice the time that it takes you to get to the garden and how your body feels as you walk. And as you get to the garden, you read a sign that says that there's a gardener tending to the garden, but that you are welcome to come in and walk around. And as you enter, take a moment to take the garden in. Is it big or is it small? Is it a garden that you know well or is it an imagined garden?
Do you get a feel for whose garden this is? Or who this garden might be for? And as you go further in, where are your eyes drawn to? What can you see? What signs of life can you spot? Plants, insects, animals. Is there any water? Can you smell anything in the air? Can you hear anything? Can you taste anything? As you look, what season is the garden in? What colours can you see? And as you've been there a little longer, does it seem like the garden has a purpose? Is anyone else in the garden? And you decide that you'd like to go and explore a little more. So where do you go? Where do you feel drawn to explore? Follow wherever your imagination or your desire leads you.
what happens. And as you're exploring, you spot the gardener. And you feel like going over to meet them. Perhaps you already know them well. Or maybe have just met a few times before. Or maybe this is your first meeting. But as you arrive, how do you greet each other? What is the gardener up to? Do you join in? Does the gardener want to show you anything? Feel free to follow them. Does the gardener want to tell you anything about the garden? You say anything back? What happens next?
And then you see that the gardener is beginning to collect their tools. And you infer that they're getting ready to go. Are you ready to go? Or do you want to stay? Whatever your inclination, you join the gardener as they walk back through the garden. You both walking together and taking in the garden as you pass. And then the gardener turns and gives a blessing to the garden. A bit like a goodbye. What do you hear them say? How does the gardener bless the garden? And perhaps feeling inspired, how do you say goodbye to the garden? And say goodbye to the gardener. And then you take your leave and begin to walk back up the path that led you here. And as you walk, you contemplate all that you have seen and heard in the garden. And wonder what it is that you will take with you from this time of prayer. And as our prayer comes to a close, we can say this prayer together. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And when you're ready, feel free to turn your cameras back on. And I'll explain what's going to happen next. So we've got about seven minutes left of our meeting. And what we wanted to give some space for is uh, the opportunity to, to share. Uh, share something from that time of prayer, perhaps what image of a garden came up for you. Um, or perhaps if you feel that it is led to wanting to pray and you have a prayer that you might want to, to pray collectively um, with us all. Or perhaps you, you don't want to say anything out loud to the group and you'd much prefer to use the chat to write a prayer or to write something 
that you'd like to share about that time of prayer. And we're just going to leave the next five minutes or so just to give people a bit of space to share out loud or to write in the chat. And I'll finish by saying a prayer. Um, a quick ground rule is to leave space after each person has shared or prayed, um, being mindful of leaving that space and, and not uh, replying or responding to what other people have said, allowing what they have shared to remain as it is. And so I hand over to you all. I'll just quickly share um, that my garden was full of onions and it was rose. It was like a kitchen garden in a, you know, National Trust property. And it was just rows and rows of mainly onions. Um, but I guess other vegetables as well. But it was a vegetable garden and I reflect that perhaps each of those vegetables has a purpose. It's a very useful garden. It's not just a garden to look at or a garden that will be there um, throughout the seasons. Those onions will be taken out and used, uh, not in the garden, but in people's kitchens, spread out all over the place, um, that they're there for a season. If they're left there too long, they'll be useless. So yeah, that was my reflection. Actually, I can actually see um, in that I uh, saw a beautiful meadow and a beautiful river and lake, and it was absolutely lovely. Um, it just made me reflect on life in general. Um, it just, just how I see life at the moment, um, going through at the moment for the future. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I thank you. Um, a lot of mine felt like an invitation to notice small details. So to see 
just the little things that God had made, like the autumn colours and the patterns on leaves and the way that the oranges and yellows contrast against like a blue sky and just that invitation to pause and to really see and to look and to see what God had made just because he could and where he was and what he was doing and what he was at work at. My garden was, um, as I approached it, it was a walled garden. I approached this door and everything was very kind of sunny and beautiful and nice and national trusty. And then when I went through, I was really surprised to find that the garden was very autumnal and disheveled. Um, and in and I, I was in our garden this afternoon and it's in a similar state of where everything kind of has to get has to fall off there has to be leaves on the floor there has to things have to partly die at this time of year and it's necessary and um the gardener talked to me about the necessity of winter and the promise of spring um and also talked to me about how precious the garden is When I'm working in my uh, the office in London, there's like three or four places that I can wander to during my lunch hour that are just tiny little gardens that are kind of nestled within different, yeah, really tall buildings. And um, I love them as just a place of peace. Um, and so the garden that I was in, um, yeah, that I was imagining was, one of those, so like a, a little oasis of peace, um, just amongst busyness and um, yeah, the life going on for other people and uh, it being a place of blessing. Um, and in the middle, there was a fountain, which um, yeah, during the week of guided prayer, very much kind of dwelt on the passage uh, of a well of living water bubbling up that will, yeah, bless people and and leave them not wanting, for, not being thirsty again. Um, and there were also fountains that the kids could play in, which was lovely as well. The garden that I went in was Slockwood Park and it felt as though it represented um, a beautiful place and Luton is often not thought of as being a beautiful place and there was a feeling of that there was hope and beauty there but there, there wasn't that same sort of hope and beauty about Luton and we had been reflecting about the changes and um, things were happening and you know, saying it was sad that Andy Flanagan had left as he sort of brought something else to Luton and, you know, Laura had gone and, um, and it's just a sort of sadness about what Luton had lost really in terms of people. And um, not wanting to, it, to lose CLC as well. And uh, there was this haven of beauty and growth and just a, a, a good place to go. My garden, it was the middle of summer as I entered and I was like, oh, this is nice. And then as soon as I walked in, um, 
there was such a dense canopy that I couldn't really see anything. And it was very dark and quite gloomy. And the floor was, was almost ash, covered in ash and, and black. And I could see that there'd just been a fire. Um, there was also these huge trees. It was more of a, less of a garden, more of just sort of a collection of giant old trees. And amongst it was a, a sequoia tree or a, a redwood. Um, and they need fire for their seeds to, to grow. It needs to get rid of the leaflet and it needs to punch a hole in the, in the canopy. So there was a big gap and the gardener seemed incredibly excited Rather than focused on the, the devastation and the, the fire that had broken out in the garden, no, it was much more focused on the excitement of, oh, we could have a load, load more redwoods pop up. It's just a matter of waiting and seeing. So, yeah. my prayer is for like Jesus to help me hold CLC and us and these relationships with like open hands sort of thing and to do the scary thing of like asking God to take it and ask God for his will to be done and yeah. Is there anybody else that wants to share? Thank you, everybody. It was really lovely to hear um, your experiences of that and your prayer, Mark. I think that's a really powerful image. And um, I feel like as we're about to close, I'm, I'm going to start saying the blessing that we say to one another at the end of church um and if it is helpful as, as you're doing that um perhaps having your hands open a, a bit like um mark prayed um but almost a letting go and allowing god to hold us and uh, allowing god to hold clc and I'd encourage you also to take this time of prayer away with you to do a bit of journaling, some thinking and some further prayer. It's a garden that you can come back to. Well, it's a meditation you can come back to. And if you've got a spiritual guide or a companier or even a friend that is good at listening, feel free to continue sharing um, about it. So if you think you can remember it with me, um, why don't we unmute ourselves and after the blessing we will um, close the meeting and we'll say goodbye to each other may the peace Beautiful. Thank you, everybody. Um, we will see you at our next communal gathering on a Sunday, the something. Fourth or something. Fourth. And you'll be meeting Four. in your small groups before then. 
anyway and we'll be in touch with the recording of this evening um feel free to get in touch if you've got any other questions that come up um Rosie, is there anything else you want to say before we close thanks everyone i uh, just say thanks to the leadership team we i really appreciate what you're doing um and how you're holding this so thank you Amen. Good night, everybody. Thank Bye, you. Everybody. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.